Today's scripture will be the first 11 verses of chapter 1 of the book, The Acts of the Apostles. And I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, As they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and while they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way, as you saw him go into heaven. And I pray God the Holy Spirit blesses the reading of the scriptures. Am I the only one who thinks it's hard to talk about faith outside a church? Sometimes it's hard to talk about it in church, amen? <laughs> amen? <laughs> I think it's a little difficult to talk about one's faith. Although it's easy for me, I gotta say. I, it's difficult for you. All I have to do is mention that I'm a minister and the conversation ensues, whether I want it to or not, really. Uh, this, this really happened to me. I was in a grocery store once. See you, Bruce. <laughs> I was in a grocery store once and I'm in line. There's all these people in line behind me. And uh, the lady at the counter was chatting me up and she said, so what do you do for a living? I said, oh, I'm a Baptist minister. And she said, seriously, well, what made you do that? And I'm looking at the line. I'm going, well, I'd be happy to tell you, you folks don't mind waiting here for about 40 minutes while I go through my life story. I decided after that I need a short answer, which is Jesus, right? Jesus made me do that. <laughs> and then go, back. Can, I, you know, can I just pay for my groceries, lady? You know, uh, come to church. That, uh, then I'll explain it to you. The, um, sometimes, can I confess to you, because quite frankly, it gets, it, it's predictable. You know, if I'm on an airplane, someone, I dread the, sometimes I dread people asking me what I do for a living because there's going to be a really long conversation. Sometimes I like it. I mean, it's, I'm not always this way, but can I confess? You know, there are, I, this is a little confessional situation here. Sometimes I lie. Sometimes I say, I'm an accountant. <laughs> No one ever asks anything about that. <laughs> Whenever I say, I'm an accountant, no one ever says, wow, what made you do that? Or, wow, that's really interesting. 
they get back in their book <laughs> or whatever it is. So, sometimes, so for me, it's really easy to start a conversation about faith. And in fact, what I notice is sometimes people are eager to talk to me about their faith, except in church. For some reason, being in church is a little intimidating, or if they're sitting in my office. I've, I've never realized how intimidating my office could be, but I've had some encounters with some folks, some of you all, where I thought, you know, this space probably isn't a good place to talk because it's like coming to the principal's office for some reason. I, I think I'm approachable, but, you know, I don't know. It's the, it's the, uh. But you know where I've had the most conversation? Well, you know where people were most eager to talk to me uh, about Jesus? is in a bar that's right (laughs) i guess this is another confession when i lived in seattle i pulled a saturday night shift at wedgwood ale house uh and uh i served up beer and uh, hamburgers and whatnot uh every saturday night and i had more conversations about jesus there than i've ever had in church another good spot is a uh, is coffee shops and things like that. i'm getting i'm getting kind of off the subject my <laughs> my point is that i think for all of you it's a little difficult to strike up a conversation or to have a conversation about faith and i you know i suspect that a lot of that has to do with you know i kind of avoid it around uh, this doesn't happen in other states but around utah i avoid the conversation because so often it becomes a competition between faiths you know i did a lot of this in high school where uh, you know my faith's better than yours and let me prove it to you and your faith's better you know and sometimes i win those debates sometimes i lose but uh you know the jesus is never really shared in those arguments so i kind of avoid it for that reason or if you grew up like me your mother told you that you should never talk about religion and politics and um you know, she she's fighting a losing battle. My, you know, especially with me and my father. Uh, I talk about religion. He talks about politics <laughs> all the time. So that's not ever a problem. Also, you know, I think it's difficult because the church in this day and age, and in some places, has developed a, a well-earned bad reputation. You know, there's scandal all over the place. Churches fight among one another. You know that more people see Christianity as being bigoted and and in a lot of infighting and elitist and against intelligence uh, out there. The surveys show that outside of Christianity, people think we're we're just mean spirited and hateful and petty and hung up on rules and anti-science and all of these things. So the church has kind of a bad reputation. So, you know, that kind of maybe halts us from sharing our faith. Also, you know, sometimes Christians can come off as a little self-righteous. Like, you know, for example, it doesn't help that in the past we've called non-Christians lost or unsaved, right? Then we, you know, we've got to go seek out the lost and the unsaved. Well, if I weren't a Christian or a churchgoer, to be called lost and unsaved, I don't know if that would engender me to you very well. I'm not sure I'd want to hear what you have to say at that point. And so we kind of make this 
this bad kettle of fish we got to lie in all the time. And, and uh, it doesn't seem to work out. And people get a little angry about being called those things uh, just because they have doubts or, or not sure what their beliefs are or what their questions are doesn't necessarily mean they're lost. And uh, so maybe we don't want to talk about that because of that. The other thing is that I think, at the bottom line is, I think people get a little suspicious when we start wanting to talk about religion because they think we're trying to talk them into being one of us or, or sell them something, ultimately, is, is, I think, the anxiety that comes from people. So, talking about faith is a little bit difficult. And yet, we have a story to tell, don't we? We have a story to tell. For those of us who are followers of the way of Jesus Christ, Christ is the lens through, lit, through which we look to make sense of the world in which we live. Our faith has shaped us as a people, and therefore, and it guides us in our daily lives. Therefore, how can we not talk about it? You know, it is the compass that guides us like a, as, a, as it does a ship. So how can we not talk about this aspect of our life, and yet we still find it a little awkward to And the scripture this morning kind of deals with the issues of sharing faith and being witnesses. In the scripture today, the men of uh, Jerusalem who were standing there watching Jesus ascend were called to be witnesses to Jerusalem, to uh, Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth. Now for the original hearers of this particular passage, it was not an issue of politeness that kept them from sharing the stories of Jesus. You know, in the earliest days of the church, which are being recorded in the Bible, in the earliest days, it was thought that Jesus was coming back, not 2,000 years, 3,000 years, but any day now. They were expecting Jesus to return momentarily, right? Any day now. And then and they started running into problems when 40, 50 years passes and people, uh, people started passing away. And people started going, wait a minute, I thought Jesus was going to come before all this started happening. Now what happens to these folks? So everyone was kind of expecting Jesus to come a little bit earlier. And Luke, and people were wondering why Jesus hasn't come. And Luke, who wrote Acts, He makes a point in our story today of sharing that it's not for us to know when he's speaking to his own people at this time. It's not for us to know when Jesus might be coming. And basically we have a picture of the early church standing around and staring up, waiting for Jesus to return. He's he's ascended and now this is what we're doing, right? And uh, Luke says, now wait a minute. And in the voice of the messengers, the voice of the angels says, What the heck are you doing? Stop looking around up in the sky. Come back down to earth. Get out there and start telling the story. People need to hear this story about Jesus. Don't just stand there gawking up in the sky. What Luke is trying to convey to the early church is, Stop looking around. Stop waiting for Jesus and start doing something. Jesus ushered in and said the kingdom of God is now. It's time for you to get out there and start living out the kingdom of God that Jesus promised. And they weren't sure what had happened. They didn't, like I say, everyone was expecting Jesus to come. And they said, 
you know, Luke was basically saying, we don't know. We don't know when Jesus is coming. And if they were honest with themselves, maybe they didn't know if Jesus was coming. But what they did know was that Jesus came to usher in the kingdom of God and that we had a story to tell the world. Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the entire world needs to hear about Jesus Christ. And until that's accomplished, don't even worry about what's going on up there. Start working on the things here. And he has said, uh, it said uh, in the scripture today, that you are my witnesses. You are to testify to the effect the the stories of Jesus and the things you have witnessed. Uh, when I think of the word witness, I can't help but think of Perry Mason. Now, for those of you who are too young to know what Perry Mason is, Perry Mason is the Jack McCoy of the 1960s, and uh, a you know brilliant lawyer, and he had that detective guy that was always hanging around. Perry Mason always got the the guy he was defending off by putting the real criminal on the stand and somehow tricking him into confessing. Uh, it happened almost every episode. And like witnesses on the bench in Perry Mason, we often seem reluctant to share what God has done or is doing in our lives. You know, we're kind of that we're a little hesitant in our in our testimony about that. And yet we're called to do it. The other extreme is the hostile witness that is glad. To, you know, when I went to Weber State University, we had, there was this guy, I called him the, the, the hell guy, right? We had the hell guy in the, in the middle of the, uh, he would stand in the middle of the quad there. with a, He had this giant cross and he would yell at people as they walked past. You're going to hell! You're going to hell! Now he was testifying witnessing that's a hostile witness we don't want that you don't want a hostile witness right and he would just yell at people i often wondered you know and he and people would stop and like argue with him and and get into it but i thought you know did anyone did anyone come over and go my god you're right i am going to hell help me you know i mean no i don't think anyone did that ever i don't know if he ever won one soul to jesus yelling at him like that certainly not me i was like Get away from me on that. But, uh, you know, there's a good way to witness and there's a bad way. And that's a bad way. Here's what a good witness looks like. I think of the Samaritan woman at the well. Do you remember this story in John? John 4 shares this story about the Samaritan woman at the well. She goes to the well. She's gathering water, schlepping it back and forth. Jesus is there waiting for the disciples who are late again, uh, hanging out. And he says, can I have a, you know, give me a cup of water while you're at it. And uh, she's a little shocked at that because she's a Samaritan woman. They're not supposed to be talking. Not only is she a woman, you're not supposed to talk to strange women. My mother told me that too. Uh, you're not supposed to talk to strange women and you're not supposed to talk to Samaritan women in particular. And she observed that and said, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be talking to me. He says, ah, I don't mind that, but I do know that you're struggling in life, that uh you uh, you can't seem to decide on which man you're going to be with. And, and she had been going through a lot of different things. Anyway, they had this exchange that was very powerful for her. Because he, re- he told her all of the things that had gone on in her life. And she was astounded at this, ran back to the town in Samaria and said, This man is a prophet. 
because he had to, and, and, and this is what he says. Many of the, this is what it says in the, in the Bible at the end of the story. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Because this woman went and shared exactly what Jesus did in her life, that whole town came to know Christ. She didn't you know, expound on the Christology of John at that point. She didn't, she didn't get into parsing out the Greek of any particular passage. She said, I met Jesus. This is what he did to me. And that was it. Here's another good witness. There's a blind man that gets healed by Jesus. And this ticks off the Pharisees again. It always seems to happen. This blind man gets healed by Jesus. And he gets called before the Sanhedrin to testify to the Sanhedrin. Tell us about this guy. What did he do? You, were blind. you, were always, you weren't blind at all, were you? You could see all along, couldn't you? This is a setup. And he kept going, no, I was blind from birth. You know, ask my parents. They know. Uh, you, I was blind from birth and he came along and healed me and they went on and on They said tell us the truth. We know this man's a sinner and The blind man says look, I don't know anything like that. This is what it says give glory to God They said we know this man is a sinner and he replied whether he's a sinner or not. I don't know The thing I do know I once was blind But now I see end of story enough said Right? He said, I don't know who, you know, he didn't talk about stuff he didn't know. I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know who this guy is. He breezes into town, uh, puts his hands on my eyes. I, this is what I know. I was blind, but now I see. And can I go now? That's kind of what he said at that point. Ultimately, I think I, I have two things to talk, to say about sharing our faith. And the call to share our faith. Uh, one is, not only does the Bible tell us that it's an imperative that the world hear about Christ. And not because, not because everyone's going to hell until they do. I mean, I, you know, that has not served the church very well. That particular burden of everyone's soul going to hell. People need to hear about Christ because Jesus is a unique revelation of God in the world we live in today. And we have a story to tell. And, and the world ought to, ought to have the chance to know Christ. Amen? So we have this story to tell. And we're, there's, a, there's, a, there's a biblical imperative because the story of Jesus is unique. There's a biblical imperative to, to share. But I feel it's an imperative right now that people know about our faith. We. Here at First Baptist Church, people need to hear about the faith you and I experience. Why? Because why the sense of urgency? Because people are giving up on the idea of a faith community in droves now. I know that the paper keeps reporting that the the local church around here is growing all the time, but in the rest of the world, and in, quite frankly, in Salt Lake City. People are rejecting the idea of a faith community in droves. Now, they're, they're not giving up on faith. Everyone likes Jesus. Everyone likes God. Uh, they, and everyone's identifying themselves as religious, or I mean as spiritual, but not religious. 
you know, and I believe this is because of all the bad examples of what church is all about are doing such a great job of sharing their version of faith that it's pissing people off. Pardon me. I think people are put off by the church and some of the ways our faith has been shared. People need to know that there are other ways to do faith. And we here at First Baptist are one of the alternatives to the hateful, judgmental, dogmatic, elitist, and exclusive versions of Christianity that get so much press. Amen? The second thing is sharing our faith. Let me put it this way. The second thing is that our faith, if it's really genuinely authentically a part of us is a part of us and why would you hold that back but it needs to come from a place of authenticity the best thing you can do for jesus christ is keep it real the best thing you can do for jesus christ is to be honest and humble and real about the faith you have And when you don't know something, you wouldn't believe how freeing it is to say to someone, you know what, I don't know. You know what, I'm a biblical scholar. And I will tell you, I haven't, there's a lot of stuff I don't, I haven't worked out. I mean, really important stuff like the problem of evil, right? I have, I have, I don't have a satisfactory answer to why bad things happen to good people. So you can come and ask me that question and I'll say, you know, that's a good question. What do you think? Because <laughs> I don't know. I haven't resolved that in my own mind yet. I'm still struggling with that. And you wouldn't believe how freeing that is for people to hear that God-fearing Christians aren't sure about some things and have some questions of their own. The truth is, we can only share what we have experienced in Jesus. And that's all anyone wants to hear anyway. You know, I could stand here and talk about the Greek word for witness and explain that the Jehonian account is written as an undergirding of the God-man Christology and favors the Christus Victor portrayal of Jesus in and over the anthropomorphized Jesus of Luke Acts. But nobody cares. (laughs) I've even lost a little bit of interest there. What people care about is I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I, I couldn't hear, but now I can hear. Amen? What people care about is how Jesus changes your life. And has shaped you. And quite frankly, if you live out your faith, this is where the rubber hits the roads. Quite frankly, if you live out your faith, if we live out our faith together, and if we do it well, if we do it from honesty and authenticity, if we do it with humility and with great joy, if we invite Jesus to really be the author and perfecter of our faith, We won't have to talk about it. We won't have to say 
this comes from Jesus or this is my story about Jesus. We won't have to. It'll, people will see it. People will know it. People will see Jesus in you. You will see Jesus in others. And the experience of who Christ is in your life will be shared. But we're called to tell a story. Not just in words, but in the way we live. In the way we allow God to shape who we are. So the challenge I hear Scripture giving us today is to, is to really ask for this sense of faith that needs to be shared. To really ask ourselves, how am I living out my faith in a way that is invitational to others to know Jesus through me? Because I tell you, there's a hunger. There's a hunger out there. You know why I know there's a hunger? Because every time I get in a grocery store line and I say I'm a minister, in spite of the 20 people standing behind me, the lady at the counter wants to know why. Oh, there's a hunger. There's a hunger. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, oh, we are witnesses of so many ways in which You touched our lives. We are witnesses to the things You are doing in the world today, 2,000 years later. Help us not to just look up in the sky waiting to watch what You're going to do next, but show us how to be Your witnesses in the world, inviting others to know You through us. We ask all these things in the powerful name of Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our friend. Amen.